this morning is angels, a subject seldom covered. Angels appear in scripture from the Garden of Eden to the book of Revelation. They're mentioned more than 300 times. They have purpose and power that affect your life and give you the ability to have the winner's edge. During the dark days of World War II, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker and his crew ran out of gas flying their B-17 and they ditched their plane in the Pacific Ocean. For weeks, no one heard of them. The newspapers reported his disappearance and across America, thousands of people were praying. Mayor LaGuardia of New York asked the whole city to pray for Eddie Rickenbacker. Eddie Rickenbacker and the six survivors told this story when they were miraculously rescued at sea. Quote, a seagull came out of nowhere and lighted upon my head, said Eddie Rickenbacker. I reached up very gently and caught him. We killed him. We thank God for him, divided him equally and ate even the bones. He said that seagull saved our lives and I have no other explanation in that God sent one of his angels to bring that seagull out to sea because there was no reason for that seagull to be there. I believe, I truly believe that I have seen my angel. And, and it was, it'll take me just a minute to tell you, we were starting to go down the runway in our little airplane. And it was an older airplane that we had then and you had to lift the door up and latch it and then pull another door down over the top and when you're up there you're up maybe six eight feet above the runway well we were in um ohio we were up in ohio somewhere and there was a big air show there that day in the airport and there were lots of uniformed servicemen in, in their khakis and, and ribbons and so forth my angel was some kind of an officer because now all kidding aside this this was unbelievable I had just pulled the door up and the pilot was getting ready to start out and I hadn't latched it properly and I looked over there and here was this uh, a, a row of, of looked like soldiers in, in, a, in a uniform and I was probably 50 maybe 75 yards away and one of these guys just started running straight to the door of the airplane that's strange. Did I forget something in the terminal there? And he's maybe bringing me something I forgot. Or and he just ran straight at me. <laughs> and I thought, well, boy, he must have a message or something. So I leaned out and boom, the door broke, and I fell. And he caught me. I and I would have fallen eight, six, eight feet straight with my head on the on the tarmac of the of the airport. And I said, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. I said, what is your... And he just turned and, and walked away. And, of course, now I shut the door properly. <clears throat> but I was actually walking to the store. Uh, I realized I didn't have my wallet, and I hadn't reached the store yet. But I turned around and started walking back to go get my wallet. Um, and I saw these guys standing on the corner that night, and they were watching me. One of the men approached him. But when he said, what are you doing out here? And I said, I'm just chilling. He was like, well, you got to roll out. Uh, and that's when he pulled out a gun from his jacket. He had a leather jacket on and a hoodie. And he pulled it out. He pointed at me. He shot it one time. After falling to the ground, he was shot seven more times up close. 
And when I first saw the flash, I didn't know I got shot. I just remember hitting the ground. And then when he stood over top of me, that's when I saw an angel get in front of me. And I remember, because I didn't have time to think about that, it was an instantaneous thing. I asked him to describe what he saw. It was probably, I mean, I'm six foot seven. The angel's probably like seven foot something. And uh, it was just a transparent figure. I couldn't tell if it was a male or a female. It didn't, I didn't see wings or anything like that, but I saw it was like clear, transparent, and it was in front of me. I knew it was an angel just because um, the protection, it got into a position like this in front of me. And I remember seeing that. The men stood over Marcus, laughing, thinking they had just killed him. Still barely alive, he managed to dial 911. By the time paramedics arrived, they offered little hope he would survive. And I was like, God, help me, help me make it. I just remember trying to stay awake. It was like a movie, you know, you, you see that stuff in the movie, you see the light up, and you see people, um, life flashing before their eyes. It, it was like that for me, except that I started thinking about what would happen if I did die. And I was like, nobody's gonna know what happened to me. At the hospital, Marcus went immediately into surgery, where he told me he saw a familiar face. Saw a lot of doctors and nurses just kind of standing. And I remember looking as I'm getting ready for surgery. I remember looking and seeing the same angel that was there on the street. And the angel was just kind of like arms crossed like this. And just like, it didn't do anything or say anything. It was kind of like nodding his head. Angels shut the mouths of lions for Daniel in Lions 6.22. The Bible in Daniel 6.22. For the Bible says, my God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lion. Angels delivered Peter out of Herod's prison where he was under 24-hour guard. The church was praying for his release. Matthew 4 says that angels ministered to Jesus when he fought Satan in the wilderness. When Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, the angels came and ministered unto him. In Acts 10, the angels came to the house of Cornelius and said, your prayers and your offerings have come up for a memorial before God, and God's going to answer your prayer. In Hebrews 1.14, it says that angels are ministering spirits that God has sent to guard the righteous. There is an angel assigned to every believer. Matthew 18.10, Jesus said, For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father. Their angels always see the face of my Father. Angels bring answer to prayer, as in Daniel 9, as in Gabriel bringing the answer to Mary. That child that you're carrying shall be called the Son of God. In Acts 10, you, Cornelius, are going to hear the gospel message for the first time. When you die, angels are going to escort you into the presence of God. In Luke 16, Jesus tells the story of Lazarus, who was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. One moment he was begging for crumbs and the next moment he was being ushered in the arms of angels into the very presence of God hallelujah from crumbs to the marriage supper of the lamb giving praise and glory I do not believe in angels because Hollywood is now producing movies about angels I do not believe in angels because someone told me about an angel I do not believe in angels because the new age is now angel happy and they're saying that ufos are really angelic beings that are going to snatch people off the earth i believe in angels because the word of god says they are real and i believe the word of god is absolutely true that's why i believe in angels 
angels are created beings. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him, speaking of God, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, things visible and invisible. So angels are created of God. Angels have superior knowledge. 2 Samuel 14 and 20 says, My Lord is wise according to the wisdom of the angel of God to know all things that are on the earth. Angels know all things that are in the earth. They don't know the day nor the hour that Christ is coming, but they know everything else. Angels are without number. Hebrews 12 and 22 speaks of an innumerable company of angels, for they are innumerable, they are invisible, and they are invincible. Angels surround the righteous. Now think about this. David writes in Psalms 34 and 7, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Think about that. Psalms 91 11, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep, to keep you in all of your ways. Think about that. The President of the United States has the secret service that surrounds him, the best shots in the world, and are trained to defend him. But every one of you who name the name of Jesus and are called according to his word have angels who go before you to prepare your way and angels who are behind you to be your rear guard. All the President has is a secret service. You have an angelic bodyguard that can protect you from the powers and principalities of darkness. Many of you just don't see them. You don't feel them, but they're there. The point is this. If angels can shut the mouths of lions for Daniel, if angels can deliver Peter from prison, if angels can bring angel food cake to Elijah, if angels minister to Jesus in the wilderness, if angels minister to Jesus in Gethsemane, if the angel of God has been assigned to you to guard you night and day that sees the face of God every day, may God open your eyes, child. May God open your eyes, child of God, watching this television program to know that you have been created a little lower than the angels. The royal blood of heaven is flowing in your veins. You are a child of God. Hell cannot defeat you. Demons cannot defeat you. The powers and principalities of darkness cannot defeat you. I want you to give this public testimony. You'll feel your spiritual battery come to life as you say this. Say, I testify in the name of Jesus Christ that he is the Lord of my life that he has forgiven me of my sins, that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I have owned the whole armor of God, that Satan is a defeated foe. He has no place in my life. Through the authority of the word, the name of Jesus and the blood of the cross, the victory is mine. I will live in victory because Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Give the King of glory praise, brother. He's given you the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He has stripped your adversary of all of his weapons. The victory is ours. The victory is ours. The victory is ours in Christ the Lord. The 
Wow, that was powerful, y'all. That was real powerful. Oh, I could tell y'all numerous stories that I got in common with my angel. Uh, an angel visited me while I was in the hospital when I had that cancer surgery. Uh, I'm going to share that on the next episode. And it is November 1st. So, this is the month of Thanksgiving. So, I thank you, Lord, for having angels all around me to protect me and guide me. To shield me from the very works of the enemy, who is the devil and the demons that are fallen angels. Demons are fallen angels that follow Lucifer, who is named the devil now. They lost their angelic name. So there's no more of Lucifer. His name is the devil. Bathphemot. And the fallen angels are demons. All right? That's the difference. The angelic hosts, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of Saboid, God has his army to fight for us. All right? It's so ironic that um, Maria is doing readings from an angel called and today it was saying ask did I my mama kind of disturbed my spirit And I had to shake it off because, see, I was supposed to be napping right now. I can't even go to sleep. I don't know why people do that, man. It's just sometimes, I don't know, I'm not even going to start that. But I opened up my iPad to put on some um, meditation music. And that popped up. And I said, you know what, let me listen to this. So I listened to it. I said, you know what, let me share it with my Boom Factor family, because I know somebody out there in the world need to know that you're protected. You got angels around you. You just got to ask them. You got to let them know what you need. You got you to gotta decree and declare it. You have to be a believer. You're not a believer. It's not going to work for you. We believe in everything else except what we should be believing in. So, check me on the next episode. I'm going to show you all my experience on my angel. And they are caught up in the middle of a fight. You know that I'm a big advocate of viewing life as a fight. Life is a fight. And anything worth having in life, you will have to fight for it. The sooner you come to that realization, the better.
to get a promotion, you will have to fight to get yourself in a position where you can be seen to get a promotion. Even in your own family life, you will have to fight, not against each other, but against the challenges that face your family. Nahum 4 verse 14, fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your houses. Your family is worth fighting for. Life in general is a fight. And as you are listening to me right now, in some capacity, you are involved in a fight. Whether it's a fight for your health, a fight for your family, or a fight for good grades. In some form or fashion, you are involved in a fight and you will have to get used to it. The enemy will try to do everything to ensure he overwhelms you while you are facing the battles of life. If the truth be told, you are fighting fights, you are fighting battles, you don't need to fight alone. Psalms 35 verse one, fight those who fight against me. If you're fighting sickness, God will fight for you. If you're fighting adversity, God will fight for you. If you're fighting trouble, God will fight for you. And further on in that chapter, it says, let the angel of the Lord chase them. Here is the bottom line. You are fighting fights. You don't need to fight alone. You have angelic angels that are under the command of God, ready to help you, but they are waiting on you. God has not left you alone in life. God has not abandoned you. He is ready, not just ready, but willing to send you help to help you in the fight. But he is waiting on you. If you and I will only learn how to pray, all of our problems are going to be solved. Solving of every problem, the meeting of every need, the fighting of every battle, the accomplishment of every purpose is all wrapped up in praying. When Peter was sent to prison in the book of Acts, it was not an accident when the angel sent by God appeared out of thin air in the midst of Peter's cell and broke his chains as easily as glass shattering on a concrete floor. No, it was no accident that that angel told him, Peter, get up and follow me. And as they walked past guard after guard after guard, not one of them could stop them in their path. Peter was able to walk out the front gates of the prison without... At least one person has died every single day on Texas Road since 2000. Every day. A child. Without even the smallest bit of resistance. I don't think you are hearing me. Peter escaped out of prison from the front door. He just walked out. He didn't need to do a James Bond or a Mission Impossible. He didn't need to scale a 10 foot wall. No, why? Because Peter had been assigned an angel with such power that he was able to walk out of the front door. And make no mistake about it, the angel was not there to help him by accident. He was sent on assignment by God. It is no accident that the angel was there to set him free. What caused the angel to come? Acts 12 verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Prayer was made without ceasing. God is willing to help you. In your situation, God is willing to help you. He's not just willing to help you. He is able to help you. He's not just able to help you. He wants to help you in your situation. 
pray without ceasing. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Our problem is that we do not ask. God wants to help you. You are fighting fights. You don't need to fight alone. You have angelic angels that are under the command of God, ready to help you, but they are waiting on you. God has not left you alone in life. God has not abandoned you. He is ready, not just ready, but willing to send you help, to help you in the fight, but he is waiting on you. We are fighting fights. We don't need to fight alone. You are not alone in this matter. God wants to help you. You are fighting fights. You don't need to fight alone. Get on your knees and pray. Be vigilant with your prayer life. Be aggressive with your prayer life. Be forceful with your prayer life. Okay, since I can't go to sleep, it's almost time for me to get up, go to work. We're talking about angels. Well, um, my experience with, I have numerous experience with angels, but this particular one, I knew it was an angel, came in my room that night. I was in the hospital, I had surgery for cancer. Um, I don't know if I really share that whole testimony. I might have to do a segment on that. But, you know, I've been uh, thriving for almost five, 2006, so it's 2018. So 12 years I've been thriving in remission from colorectal cancer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's right. My testimony is that I suppose I have a colostomy bag. But God blessed me where I don't need one. God healed me. Right? So, I had the surgery. They had to reconstruct my colon. And they had to cut, cut, my, cut my colon. And bring it. Cut that piece and attach it to the part they had to cut out. That had the cancer in it real bad. It got into my lip nose into my bloodstream around my annual area and so they had to replace it so they cut some of my colon from my intestines and attached it to my annual place right so with that said um they was told that type of surgery is kind of tricky it's crucial and we had to sign waivers and my dad had to sign papers and stuff um, because normally they said they would have to go back to surgery and put that bag on you. And some people have to live with that bag for the rest of their life. Well, I denounced it. I said, I'm not wearing no colostomy bag. Y'all lost y'all mind. Da-da-da. To the point where my daddy had, like, popped me on the back of my neck, like, he hit me. It was pretty hard. And I was like, why did you hit me? That was the first time I ever remember my dad ever hitting me. Told me to be serious. This is serious. And I was serious. Well, through all that, went on to surgery. And 
I was getting to the weary. I was getting weary, y'all, because I felt at that time, um, after the surgery, I think my, my children was coming to see me. But this particular night, I went two days without nobody coming to my room. They had these things on my legs so I wouldn't get blood, blood clogged. I wanted to take a bath. I was feeling miserable. I remember crying all that day, weeping all that day because even after the surgery, the doctor come and tell me that they want to make sure that they got everything. I'm going to have to still do chemo. I thought they told me when they do the surgery that I was going to be okay. Nope, nope. I still had to do the chemo because, remember, it got in my lip nose. So they had to burn the chemo for to eat that up. And then the radiation, they wanted to make sure that um, it was out of my intestines. It had sprayed it so bad, you guys. That's why it was an emergency. They had gotten, see, once it get past tier three, and when they opened me up, they found that I was tier four, meaning once they're getting your lip nose, your bloodstream, that's how they start giving people so many days to live, six weeks, six months. Depends on how bad it has spread it inside your bloodstream. Uh, I did have to get a f- another fusion, you know, more blood. So this particular night, I was so... I guess I was getting that depressed mode. And I just started thinking about a lot of stuff that happened in my life. I was tired. I was getting weary. Nobody wasn't there. My mom showed. My mom did not come not one time. She did not visit me one time. And at that time, she could have, but she didn't. Okay, so I'm up there by myself. And all of a sudden, this beautiful black woman came in the room. She had the most gorgeous gray hair. That's all I can remember. That caught my attention, this beautiful woman with this gray hair. And I looked, and she came in there, and she says, I'm coming to... She said, did you have your bath yet? And I was like, no, I didn't have my bed yet. And she said, what's wrong? It's going to be okay. <laughs> no, it's not going to be okay. I don't want to be here. <laughs> they said, I got to get chemo. That means all my hair is going to fall out. And, you know, and I just started going down the list, y'all. And I had faith in God. I, I believed God. And... I thought he was going to heal me in the hospital, off doctor's office. And I went through this, and I did this, and then I had surgery. You know, and I just went through that whole little scenario, (laughs) y'all. Because I did. It's like every step that I had to take, I thought the next step I wouldn't have to take. Because I believed God to heal me. But instead... I went to the next step. I went to that step. Oh, this is when God going to heal me. 
They could have go and do the MRI and say it disappeared. But it looked like every step that I took, y'all, it was getting worse and worse. And so I was thinking about all of that. And I was thinking about my children. I was thinking about all the things that was done to me. I was thinking about all the things that I wanted to do to people and I didn't do. And I felt, wow, I'm going to die. I could have went on and cut up and treated people the way they treated me. You know, you just start thinking about a lot of stuff, y'all. So I'm in this bad place, right? I was just in this bad place. And so this woman came in the room. She was so soft-spoken. She said, no, you have much to do. I'm here to soothe you. I'm going to take these leggings off, and I'm going to take your bath. I'm going to change your bed sheets. I mean, y'all, this lady took care of me. She changed my bed sheets. She took me a bath. Then she changed it again because, you know, it, the bed sheets got wet. And the water was so warm and hot. Oh, my gosh. It felt so good. She washed me down real good, and she was so gentle. And after she washed me down, she rinsed me down. Once she rinsed me down, then she had this, I don't know if it was perfume, whatever, whatever it was, it smelled so it was a fragrance that I never smelled before. And so she rubbed my legs down. She massaged my legs. She said, now I'm going to make sure that you will not get no blood clots laying in this bed. And I'm going to make sure they're going to come and take care of you, Miss Irvin. You're going to be all right. And don't worry about your hair. Your hair is going to be beautiful. Matter of fact, you're not even going to lose your hair. A little may come off the top, but you won't go bald. I did remember her telling me this, y'all. This lady rubbed my legs and rubbed my feet, rubbed my toes. She rubbed my arms. She rubbed my fingers. She, like, pulled my fingers. She massaged my face. She washed my face, she massaged out my forehead, she massaged my head. I mean, every part of my body, this woman took care of me. I never experienced that in my life. Oh my gosh, it was like a refreshing, because they didn't, the nurse said, no, I'm telling y'all about after the surgery, nobody came and changed my bed. My bed in, nobody came and took me a bath. They put them stockings on my legs so I wouldn't get blood clots. But they were supposed to change that. They were supposed to rotate me so I wouldn't get bed sores. Nobody came and checked up on me. But this woman did. And I remember she did tell me some stuff. And I can't really remember it. I do have it written down somewhere. But let me tell y'all, that's why I know it was an angel. So the next day, the other nurse came in. 
And she said, I'm about to come and take your bath. I said, I don't need a bath. She, I said, nurse came in last night. She said, no. She said, we don't do baths at night. I said, man, nurse came in last night. She changed everything. These are new sheets. So she checked it. She said, oh, they show a lot of new sheets. Mm. I said, well, tell her what was her name. I want to thank her. She have gray hair. She's a black lady. She had bleached, gray, beautiful short hair like a little afro. And she um, she was very, oh, she was so kind to me. I want to tell her thank you. Can she come and see me? And so the lady looked at me. She said, ma'am, we don't have nobody on staff that have gray hair. Oh, you say a black lady? I said, yeah. She's about a chocolate color. She had gray hair. It was a nice-sized bush. I said her gray hair was like it was glowing. And she took me a bath. She was so kind to me. She talked to me. She encouraged me. She anointed me. And um, she said, what do you mean anointed me? Well, she lotioned me up. She had some kind. She said, yeah, it smells good in here. I said, see? I said, that was her. She said, we're reserving. We have nobody on staff like that. You sure it wasn't a dream? I said, ma'am, I know a dream from a dream. This was real life. You can tell. You just said it yourself. These are new bedding sheets. That you don't have to take me a bath now because these new bedding sheets. So somebody was in this room last night. She said, well, I'll be back. Y'all, the lady didn't come back till like 30 minutes. She came back. She said, nobody on staff came in here and took you a bath. You show your children and come and change the sheets for you? I said, ma'am, my children haven't been up in here for three days. She said, well, wow. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I she said, did the doctor come? I said, ma'am, she was a nurse. They were trying to figure out who came that night. Because they do not give baths at night. And to let y'all know how late it was, it was after 12 o'clock. I knew it because I had just finished watching. It was something on television. And I think um, that kind of like really, really affected me on something I watched on TV. That kind of made me even sadder. And... um. That's when that the ministering angel came in. So I know for a fact, you guys, I was visited by an angel. And she was my healing angel. Because don't you know, after she had left, I believe a couple of days, I was already in the hospital. Maybe about two weeks already. And all that time, nobody's been coming to change my sheets. Then after that, my ex-husband, mother-in-law came, and she sat with me. And, uh, wow, that was something. So, yeah, I was visited by an angel. That was an angel visit me. You know, I have numerous stories that I could tell y'all about how I know my angels all around me. My angels be up in here playing because this light come on automatically. Like it'll shut off automatically. And they'll come on with motion. 
Now, I'm still, I could be asleep, right? And all of a sudden, the light come on. I'll be like, all right, y'all, I know y'all playing here, but um, I need my rest. <laughs> Sometimes I can hear stuff move. I know they be up in here. So my angel's always around me. I believe in my angels, y'all. Do you believe in yours? Hmm, think about it. Well, with that said, I got to get up and go to work, y'all. I, I mean... Lord, I, you know I love my mama, but I'm going to tell her about herself. Because she definitely broke my rest with that foolishness. And I'll talk to y'all about that later. But yeah, so I pray y'all enjoy that little segment. Do you know you got angels with you? They're all around you. You just have to call on them. And they will make their presence known. Yes, they will. They will make they will make their presence known just for you. You got to acknowledge them. Acknowledge your angels. I mean not to worship them. We worship God. But as they said on the video, angels know all things. They could tell you things that come straight from the throne of God. So that's why you should be sensitive. You don't know who you will have entertained. For you may entertain an angel unaware. Touche. All right now. Later.